teenagers. They're great at labeling each other. They discover one of your hobbies, or physical characteristics, or idiosyncrasies, and the next thing you know, your yearbook superlative is set in glossy photo paper ink for the next four years. I wasn't really known for anything, which is kind of hard to deal with because I think you shouldn't like put labels on people. You should just like be open to, you know, whatever they say, whatever they do, you know, you can really accept them for who they are and you don't need to put like boundaries on their personality or identity. You may remember that scene from Mean Girls when Janice educates Katie on North Shore High's cliques. You've got your preps, JV jocks, sexually active band geeks, hot Asians, etc. The problem is that these classifications don't capture our complexity. Yet once you've been pigeonholed as a certain character, it's difficult to break free. Welcome to Misfits, a podcast where I, Annie Prafke, talk to people who felt like black sheep in their communities because of their identity. On today's episode, Kara and I talk about redefining yourself after high school, as well as navigating religion and sexuality. Kara's label read hockey player. She won't deny that hockey is a big part of her identity. She loves the sport, which she played in elementary school through college. But once others began to see her as star female hockey player, and she took on that identity, she didn't feel like there were avenues for her to explore other interests or even other aspects of her identity, such as her sexuality, her Lutheran religion, and a more masculine gender presentation. I should explain that Kara and I both grew up in Fargo, a city of roughly 122,000 people in eastern North Dakota. And in Fargo, hockey is a major sport. The city has one professional ice hockey team, the Fargo Force, and hockey is a popular sport for kids, both girls and boys, to play. Thanks for being here, Kara. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'm excited to have you on because we actually knew each other in high school. We weren't super close, but I remember seeing you around and I'm excited to catch up a little. Yeah, um, now that um, I'm hearing about this podcast, I wish we would have talked a little bit more, but I'm excited to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to start out with, um, I know that hockey is a big part of your life. I know you're coaching currently in St. Paul, and I remember in high school, that was just a big part of your identity. Um, and so I'm wondering what drew you to the sport of hockey? Like when you started playing, what got you into it? Um, I played in sec- or started in second grade. I've always been into sports. That's kind of just been my MO. And I think just you know, starting a commitment, something like my family, my whole family was committed to as well. Uh, It just became a thing for us. And we've met a lot of people through hockey that we felt close to and connected with. 
So it just kind of became a thing. And then how once I, I got more competitive and really kind of got that passion for the sport and loved it. It was, it was my first love for sure. Like <laughs> I didn't date or do anything in high school. So that was kind of, that's my, that was my first date. Um, yeah. And then it kind of grew from there and still involved in it because um, it was also a kind of with mental health and everything. That was something that I went to, to kind of escape as well. Did you play in college as well? Attempted to, yeah. <laughs> um, so I played at Fargo South, and then I went out east to Michigan and played my senior year there in high school. And then um, I redshirted one year at UND, and then uh, I got cut from that team. And then at Concordia, I played uh, for a very short stint and... Um, then I got cut from that team as well. So it's been a struggle getting back to why I love the sport uh, because it just kind of had a lot of negative memories associated with it. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting ride, but we're getting back to positive vibes with it. That's one thing that I have heard from a lot of athletes in college is for a lot of people, their sport is like a really big part of their identity in high school and uh elementary and middle school as well. And then a lot of times when people get to college, like they get cut from a team, they might have an injury that puts them out. And then it's like they have to redefine themselves because that was all they did. That was the biggest part of them. Right. It was my whole life pretty much, which I wasn't that proud of to, you know, really encapsulate like my whole life around just one thing, which I don't think anyone should do. Um, just because, you know, there's so many other things that you can learn and grow from. After I felt like a failure, <laughs> strong word, but um, I really felt like that, and I and I didn't know a way out because hockey was my way out of things. But now hockey was like my way into some of my mental health issues, and so I didn't know what to do with my life. So I just decided to take a break and kind of really dive into some other things like friendships, uh, family, and some other hobbies. So yeah, I kind of dove into some other things to try and help me be a more well-rounded person. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of good to have to step back and kind of figure out other aspects of your life sometimes. So I yeah, can relate sure. to that as well. I'm curious what it was like. Uh, so we both grew up in Fargo, which um, is a, it's not a super conservative area, but it's it's more conservative. It's pretty uh, conservative. <laughs> <and> <laughs> okay, it's pretty conservative. And I, I just say that there's kind of like a, there's a traditional way of doing things. A lot of people right. are, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe more like stereotypical gender norms and like expectations for what a girl should do and what a boy should do. Is that something that was ever a conflict for you as a girl who is into this high contact sport that's very aggressive, more associated with boys? Is that something that people made you feel weird about ever? Uh, no, it was never. Um, well, I guess it's how I played the game. And then um, it was how I presented myself. It wasn't that I played the sport. It was how I played it. Like, so I was pretty aggressive. Um, and 
I mean, my voice is super low. <laughs> so um, I just got made fun of on the ice for my voice. And I never really got made fun of dudes because like they were all my good friends. So it wasn't something that happened for me. Um, so no, I don't think so because I think hockey does a pretty good job. I guess hockey as a whole, that's kind of um, broad, but I don't think it's ever been a problem for me or any of my close friends or my sister that hockey was just more masculine than other sports. Um, but it was how I presented myself like on the ice and off the ice that kind of made me feel more left out because I was more masculine. And I guess I remember, I don't know why I have this specific memory, but I remember there were all these like dress up days that we had in high school. <laughs> yeah. Remember those? Where it was like, I don't even remember. There were different like themes for homecoming week. So it was like this week, you know, it's like dress to impress. And this day is pajama day and whatever. And I remember for all the girls, it was like, okay, on dress to impress, you wore like a dress and makeup and curled your hair and did all this stuff. And I remember that like you did that as well. Did that feel like uncomfortable to you or because it's not how you dress normally like normally I know you always wear like sweatpants your hockey gear was it like (laughs) did you feel like you had to perform kind of to to fit in for those days yeah for sure because now I oh my god I don't even own a dress um yeah wearing or dressing up for a hockey game or anything like that I was wearing dresses and like I was just a super masculine kid. I mean, I'm still masculine, more masculine now than a typical, a stereotypical woman is. So like, I would just, I knew I looked awkward in a dress, but I had no idea what else to do. Or <laughs> So I just put on a dress and just called it a day. And I was like, just get through this day and <laughs> you'll be fine. I was the worst dressed <laughs> person, but I was comfortable. So I was happy with that. Yeah, no, I get that. And I always found that was like odd too. It was like, well, why for those dress up days? Why does every girl have to like do the dress and the hair? Like is everyone looks the same, you know? They had to wear right. the same outfits. I always found it strange, but Yeah, super <laughs> super uncomfortable and then the guys looked all the same as well. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't even I don't even know how to even cuz like when you present yourself to someone and you know you you try and be your true self right and so whenever I had to dress up I just felt so awkward so I never really was my true self around anyone so then that had some other like mental health issues go on with that as well because of like the effects of pretending I guess you could say to be someone I'm not but yeah so a lot of lessons learned for sure yeah, I think that's in high school, like there's just a lot that you have to, there's so much pressure, obviously, from everyone about how to act as a woman, about how to act, um, maybe if that like for a racial background or whatever kind of identity, it's like there's so much pressure because on one hand, you want to conform, you want to be like everyone else. But on the other hand, you're still figuring out who you are, like what makes you unique. Uh, and it's just a lot. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize how much pressure it was until I even out of college, really, because, I mean, in college, still, I was wearing my college graduation, I wore a skirt. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it happened more after college, and I moved away from town and kind of got a grasp of, like, so many more walks of life, more people. 
um, and how they presented themselves and how comfortable they were and kind of the trouble trials and tribulations that they've been through as well and relating to them and then kind of being okay with wearing a shirt and pants more like a a suit rather than a dress and feeling a lot more comfortable and just more myself so yeah a lot of pressure in high school that I didn't realize was a thing I thought it was normal you know Kara also identifies as gay up next she opens up about coming to terms with her sexuality. I'm also wondering, uh, as a member of the LGBTQ community, if that's an aspect of your identity that you thought about or explored in high school, or did that not come until later? I don't think I really explored. Well, I guess my senior year, I did. Um, but like up until my senior year, I really didn't even care to date anyone I knew I was different and that's probably why I didn't like pursue it because I didn't want to be embarrassed if I didn't get a guy or something <laughs> so then um because I knew I was different so then if I tried to get a guy and if I failed like that would be more embarrassing than I'm um, just not trying at all so yeah I didn't really I mean, I, I tested out a little bit, but that wasn't like, I was so focused on hockey and just other things that I didn't really care. But then my senior year, when I moved to Michigan, I dated a girl for the first time and I was just like, oh, <laughs> what is this? Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if I would, obviously we were dating at the time, but it took, it just like processing through so many things like with your first girlfriend and um just not yeah just not knowing a lot of things and coming from a town where you weren't really educated on anything like I think I knew a couple other people part of the community in my high school and that's about it so tough to do it because not a lot of people who are gay in my family either um so, yeah, kind of going out on women, finding people that were more like me and learning from them and moving away will always do that for you. You learn so much more if you move away from your hometown. Definitely. Just a different perspective. Did you have anyone to talk to about being gay? I knew of people who were gay, but I never really talked about it. Um like just some people. When I say new people, I mean like five people that were options. <laughs> but it never occurred to me to have those conversations until later in life. Like, so I guess I've been out of high school for, oh God, eight years now. So it's taken like six or seven years to start having these conversations. And I guess be comfortable with being vulnerable with people and talking about a lot of these things. But yeah, I, I guess a handful, but no one I was really close to to start with. So like not any, like my mom, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't really close with anyone. Or I did have some friends in high school, but that just wasn't a thing you really talked about. It just is what it is. Like you just, you dated some people and you didn't date some people and they were pretty comfortable with their dating life. And I guess I just didn't really think about it or didn't want to, so yeah, I just didn't really talk about it, I guess. Yeah, I think it's interesting. So I have a sister who graduated from Fargo South, and she's almost six years younger than me. Uh, and just like the difference in 
I guess, how accepting people are of people who are LGBTQ and people who are like how the comfortability of people to come out is so different from even six when we were in school. Because I remember there were people I know knew who were gay or bisexual, but it's like, yeah, like you didn't talk about it. It's like, that was just a part of them. They kept it private. Like you didn't want to be too out about it or too flamboyant because other people would talk about you. Right. It was like almost as if it was disrespectful or something to like talk about it. So that kind of felt hurtful, I guess, now that I'm realizing it. But I just just put those emotions down, I guess you could say. On the other side of things, it was just always like drama with boys, like my other friends. And it was just always something that was talked about. But yet I didn't feel comfortable talking about like dating girls if I want to. So it was just... Kind of like I was there. I was pretty much known for like playing hockey and being the funny person and like being just so like aggressive. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember that. I just like people just <laughs> didn't mess with me, and I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Like, you shouldn't really be scared of people. I don't think, but whatever. But yeah, so that's kind of what I was known for, and I wasn't really known for anything, which is kind of hard to deal with because I think you shouldn't like put labels on people. You should just like be open to, you know, whatever they say, whatever they do, you know, that's, you can really accept them for who they are and you don't need to put like boundaries on their personality or identity. So I kind of felt a little dull in the, you know, dating world. I just wasn't really, I didn't have any input to give. Because I didn't really date guys. Um, I didn't want to date guys. I didn't find them attractive whatsoever. So when, you know, my friends would say, oh, he's so cute or something like that. Like, that was probably one of my best buddies. Like, I didn't care. Like, yeah. you know, he was like one of my best friends. When you decided to come out as gay, I'm wondering, uh, did your friends and your family, did were they very receptive? Were they uh, accepting of you? Yeah. So it's really funny, actually, because like decided to come out as gay you know that's just a huge that's just a huge thing to begin with (laughs) like I don't think anyone should like have to come out as gay you know um but you know in a lot of places that are not as accepting as other places or don't have enough like have a good support system to they have this need to come out to like prove themselves because they have pride I guess that's why (laughs) they named it pride but um yeah so when I did come out in quotations, I came out to my parents and my sister. Cause those were the people who were closest to me. Um, I never really came out to friends. I said, I'm gay in front of them one time and they were just like, whatever. <laughs> so it wasn't just, it wasn't like anything. Um, and by the time I had told or talked about it with my friends, it was more normalized in society. So I came out to my, family I think freshman year of college so a year after I had dated a girl I think and then I came out to more of my friends like a couple years after that and I didn't really come out I just like kind of said I'm gay or started talking about a girl and like that it was just you know whatever it wasn't anything to dive into so that first relationship you had in high school was that kind of secret from your parents and your family yeah yeah, so I even 
I lived with a host family while I was in uh, playing hockey out in Michigan, and they didn't even know about it. I talked to my teammates, like, feeling like I was gay. And there was other girls on the team that were gay as well, and they had come out. and They were more comfortable with it than I was. So that kind of helps having that mini support system there. Um, so I kind of just, I felt like free of my parents. Not that, not to say that they were so constricting. It was just like, you know, you just moved away and you felt like, oh, okay, maybe I can do some else or kind of explore some of these other things without being watched by everyone in the like Fargo Moorhead community. So yeah, I did that and yeah, it was pretty secret, I guess. Her parents knew that she was gay, but uh, we still kept the relationship a secret. So, like, that was super unhealthy as well, but whatever. After exploring her sexuality at the end of high school and into college, Kara felt more comfortable talking about it with her loved ones. Up next, Kara discusses coming out to her parents, reconciling Christianity with her sexuality, and the LGBTQIA scene in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Was I nervous? To, uh, yeah, to tell your parents? Like, were you were you unsure of what their reaction would be like? Oh, yeah, I was, my hand, I was sweating, like, profusely. <laughs> but there's so much love in my family. Like, I'm just, I'm best friends with my mom. And her biggest thing was that she didn't want me to be hurt from society. So that's kind of what, went through her mind. It wasn't like, oh, I don't accept her. It was, I don't want other people to not accept you. So that was kind of the only hard part about it, pretty much. Like, they they were like, oh, yeah, we'll love you no matter what. Easy deal. And But then she was just like, I don't want you to experience, like, this other pain that will come with it. Which was good and bad. Like, obviously... I love my mom and I love that she looked out for me like that. But, you know, also having a different kind of support, just, you know, going through it with me together, which now it's a lot like that was just her first reaction. Now it's like, you know, she sends me (laughs) all these texts about just some gay jokes or something. And it's pretty hilarious. But um, pretty much that's the only reaction, which was really cool. And that's not a thing for a lot of people. They get sent to conversion camps or schools or whatever and I'm just like really thankful that that wasn't my experience at all um I had a like very good experience compared to some of the people I've talked to and um I'm very thankful for that yeah I'm glad that you had a good experience and that your family was accepting yeah you are also uh, a practicing Lutheran is that correct I am yes yeah I'm wondering if you know, Lutheranism, it's a very, you know, broad category in terms right. of how the church practices. Do you feel like personally your faith community has supported you? Yeah, I haven't really experienced any. It's just a lot of, um, especially in Fargo-Moorhead, it's just like people don't talk about things. Like they're so passive aggressive that it's just not. You just don't talk about things, but there's always the long stares that I get um, at church or um, all these extra questions that are crossing so many boundaries, just like just how I perform in a relationship, like as if it's some 
weird thing. You just become normalized to have those questions because they just get asked to you so many times. And I felt like my boundaries were never really respected, but nothing. I mean, I say too traumatizing, but I don't know if that's the correct way to put it because I don't want to downsize my emotions. But yeah, nothing that was outright insulting, like said out loud to me or any actions that were like from the church or um, trusted pastors or mentors um, or um, family members, anything like that, that because they asked me, I guess we, I have conversations with people about this and, you know, God made me the way I am. And that's kind of how I perceive my religion and my sexuality, I guess. Have you ever brought like a partner to a church service? No. That's not the most like fun date. That's a really, <laughs> that's a really good question. And I've never thought about that. Um, no, I have not. And I don't think it's, I mean, maybe it's because I have felt uncomfortable. That's not, you're right. That's not like a dating scene <laughs> where you would take someone. Not a hot but, date. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to go to church? Because <laughs> um, a lot of people, part of the community do not have good experiences with church or religion in general. I know a lot of people part of the LGBTQ plus community. They are atheists, which is well, like black hole to kind of get into. Um, obviously, respecting them for their ways of life as well. And I just, it's really interesting how more people who are of different sexuality are more non-believers than heterosexual people to get back on track i've never brought someone to a service before and i also have not been to a sermon in like i don't say a couple years now just because i haven't really i don't i don't believe in the bible as much like obviously there's some things i do believe in like other people wrote the bible right and you have people giving the sermon. So they're including their opinions in this and the opinions are included in the Bible as well. And I just, I like to take my faith one step at a time and not really dive too deep into it because then it could affect me negatively because it has affected others of my sexuality negatively in the past. And um, I really love my faith and it has gotten me through a lot of problems, I, I guess you would say, uh, hard times. And that's with having faith in anything, really. So, yeah, that <laughs> I wouldn't maybe answered a couple other questions, but no, I have not brought anyone to a service. Yeah, well, I was just curious because I know, again, like I said, with Lutheranism, it's such a wide spectrum of, I mean, right. religion, right, of like yeah. how accepting people are, and even within the same community. So I grew up in the Presbyterian church. Okay. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say like, pretty mixed in terms of like political social views, it was kind of like on both sides. Yeah. Uh, but we actually uh, performed uh, the first gay marriage at our church, like oh, in cool. the Presbyterian church, uh, at that particular one. And a lot of people were really accepted when? Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to say it was maybe around like 2014, 2015. Okay, cool. Sorry, um, go on. Yeah, no. And overall, like our pastors are very accepting. A lot of people in the community were, and they thought it was a great thing. But then other people left the church because of it. It was like a make or break thing. And they were like, no, that's not something that's a part of how we understand faith. And so they left. And so it, it's kind of like those moments where I guess you realize 
kind of like how accepting your community is. Like if that's a big part of your identity, then you want someone who accepts you for your whole self. And then when I went to college, it was interesting because uh, I, I had a friend who also grew up, I believe in the Lutheran church, but her pastor was like trans and uh it was like super open about sexuality and it was just a very different experience because it was a much more uh it was like a college very like liberal town uh and it was just very different from from Fargo and I that was just like so different for me because I kind of had that association too that you know religion people might be accepting but it's not something you talked about like I even heard people say uh you know like oh we'd accept gay people in our church but we wouldn't want them to be our pastor or whatever just things that are just not right <laughs> not that accepting you know like, and then uh, to hear this yeah. completely different experience is like wow I guess in the church like there is space for right there's always like that's kind of what I maybe yeah another name for it, like limitations to and I don't know whether that's for people to get more used to others of different sexuality. It's so weird to say, but um, but there's limitations to like everything, and that's just so like that's conditional love, which is completely different of what God has expressed. So His love is unconditional, right? So if you're talking to, and you want just you know limitations, oh, we don't want them as a pastor, then that's conditional and. So that's kind of another part of what I was talking about as well as like boundaries and limitations to things as well. But that's really cool that there was a trans pastor um, in one of the churches for your friends because that's a big step and it's really cool to hear. So now you live in St. Paul, which is definitely bigger than Fargo, has different demographics. Uh, Do you feel like you have, and you're, you're also an adult too, and that you have a different community yeah, in your yeah, I, yeah. Maybe my age. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe not mentally. Where yeah. we're all teenagers <laughs> mentally. Uh, do you feel like you have a supportive LGBTQ community in St. Paul, or there's more of like a LGBTQ scene? Maybe there is more of a scene. There's obviously uh, people here that I feel more supported by. But I guess being the only gay person to being like one of so many <laughs> is a weird experience to have as well. So I don't like social interactions are really hard for me to be around a lot of, I guess not really hard, but it's just a really different way of me socially interacting with people because I always felt like so unique in Fargo, which was like a nice twist to things. But then also I didn't like it being that unique. So then when I came here, obviously I liked it and I learned quite a bit here and I have great friends um, that have taught me a lot. I don't know. It's just different. Like in social interactions, I I feel out of place because I didn't grow up in a very maybe more liberal town or um, a lot of other people who are gay and had those conversations before. So I'm still learning how to have those conversations with others and being accepting of Uh, people who are trans, um, gay men, like that's just, you will not see as many gay men as Fargo as you will see lesbians, I feel like, because just guys are just held to a different standard, I think. So just experiencing not only my own sexuality, but others as well, and um, other genders as well. It's pretty, it's exciting. And it's great. It's also hard to wrap your head around. But 
it's awesome to learn and really cool to keep going. And, you know, I don't see myself moving back to Fargo, (laughs) at least anytime soon, just because I don't want to go back to a place where I'm not constantly learning and being accepted and having that chance to be accepted. So yeah, definitely more of a scene. And if you could go back in time to your teenage self at Fargo South growing up, what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Oh, boy. Um, It's a big question. It is a very big question. (laughs) Um, And I've thought about this, and I haven't really come up with a solid answer, but I know with my identity as a whole, so my identity, I really include like hockey, my religion, um, being gay. Um, and it's, I would say I want to explore more, like going to more arts, um, be in more plays, do more of other things, read more books, um, not just focus on hockey, um, and not just, you know, focus on fitting in, um, really explore other things and um, other people and not always stick to your root because, you know, obviously that's a safe place for people, but it's also, if you branch out, it's a way to grow and learn. And I really, I'm really into learning and exploring other things that, yeah, just really helped me be a more well-rounded person. That's awesome. Well, I think that's all I have uh, today, Kara. unless there's anything else you wanted to add. Nope, I'm good. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Misfits. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Misfits on Instagram at acxp.misfits.